Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. All right, so today we're in the third and final week of our sermon series called Making Sense. And remember what we're doing in this series is attempt to answer some of the big questions regarding what it looks like to live Christian in the midst of a pandemic, because it's, it's what we're all wrestling with. So in, in week one, and to kind of open up this series, we got into the question, which a whole lot of people are wrestling with, are we living in the end times? Or are we living at that point in history when Jesus is going to come back, judge the world, and make everything all right. And what we discovered as we kind of dove into that question is that we might just be living in the end times. I mean, it is a possibility that we're living in those days. But it's also the case that we might not. Because according to Jesus and Paul, only God knows when the end is going to happen. Which ultimately means that as Christians, it's not our job to sit around trying to figure out when the end of the world is going to happen. That's, that's not for us to do. No, our job is to live ready or to live like the end could happen at any moment. Because if we will live our lives in that way, or if we will devote ourselves completely and totally to following Jesus, no matter what's going on in the world, then it doesn't matter when the end of the world happens. We're going to be just fine, which is ultimately what's most important. Now, last week, we then got into the question, where is God in all of this? Or more specifically, where is God and what's God doing in the midst of this event that has turned our world upside down and inside out? And what we discovered by jumping into that question is that it's not the case that, that God sent this pandemic upon the world because he is angry and he is trying to hurt people and cause bad things to happen. That's, that's not what's going on here. No, instead it's the case that in a sinful, broken, and fallen world, things like mutating viruses and people making bad decisions just happens. It just happens in a broken and sinful and fallen world. And so where we find God at work in all of this, which is where you always find God, is taking all of that evil, suffering, sin, and death and resurrecting it. Or using it and transforming it to cause his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because our God always has the final word. But now that we have wrestled with the two big theological questions regarding this pandemic, I think those are the two big questions that most people are wrestling with. The final question we need to answer, which is a bit more practical, is how is God calling us to respond? Or what does it look like for you and I to live Christian in the midst of a world where a virus has taken over? Well, after months and months of wrestling with and praying about this question, which, mind you, has included a whole lot of research, both theologically and scientifically, I have come to the conclusion that the same thing God was calling us to do when this thing started, if you'll remember back to the first time we did our service online, is exactly what we're being called to do now. It hasn't changed, and it's not that hard. So the first thing that we're being called to do is to not deny the seriousness of what's going on. Because no doubt, what we are facing is something we should all be concerned about, given all the people it could affect and the number of lives that could be taken. 
And I know, I know, at this point in Great Bend, it really doesn't seem like that big a deal because we've only had three deaths in our whole county. But to give you some perspective on what could be, we've got a person right now who's down in the hospital battling this disease, and we don't know if she's going to make it. She has got underlying conditions, and we don't know if she's going to make it. And then to give you a bit more perspective on this, one of our sister churches, the First Christian Church of Topeka, which is only two and a half hours away, they have already had three people die from this virus. Not to mention the spikes that continue to happen. We're, we're as high as we've ever been at Great Bend. I just looked at that yesterday. We, we continue to see those numbers going up. And then what's going to happen when our kiddos go back to school? We have Nobody really has an idea what's about to take place. So again, as Christians, I think we need to continue to take this virus very, very seriously. But with that being said, just because God is calling us to take this virus seriously does not mean we should allow anxiety and fear to come in and take over our lives or to be the kind of people that make all of our decisions based on these knee-jerk reactions of what could be. No, instead, what we should be doing in the midst of all of this is to choose the way between panic and denial, which I call faithful caution. Right? So have you guys noticed that there seems to be no middle ground when it comes to this thing? You have people who are denying that this ever happened and it's a conspiracy and all of that kind of stuff, which I just don't get. And then you have people who are so scared that they, they, they don't even move. And it's like we have these two polar opposites. Well, I think we should take the middle way, which I call faithful caution. And I really want this phrase to stick in your brain so you think about it every single day. So everybody say with me, faithful caution. And I need some zest in there so it'll stick in your brain. Faithful caution. One more time. Faithful caution. I want this to stick in your brain and I want you to think about it every single day that you go out into the world. So... What I mean by the term faithful here is that as Christians, what we need to be doing besides allowing all this fear to come in and take over our lives, paralyzing us, is we need to start with our faith. We have got to start with our faith or start with the fact that no matter what is going on in this world, which includes this pandemic, that our God is with us and for us and bigger than we, anything we will ever face. Again, our God is with us and for us and bigger than anything we will ever face, which ultimately means no matter how difficult things get, we can trust that God is going to get us through this. We are going to get through this. We are going to get through this. God is going to help us get through this, which is exactly what you'll find being proclaimed all over Scripture time and time again by people facing things that are worse than what we're dealing with. Right? So put this into perspective. This is not World War II. We are not sacrificing like those people back then. This is not um, the bubonic plague. We've seen worse. Now, it's serious and we've got to pay attention to it, but it's not the most serious thing that's ever happened. We are going to get through this, which is what Scripture reminds us of over and over again because God walks with us. Joshua 1.9 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and we are walking through one of those valleys at this very moment, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And my favorite is Isaiah 41, 13 through 14. 
For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, for I myself will help you. Do not fear, for I will help you. Do not be afraid, for I myself will help you. Or notice what we find over and over again in Scripture by people facing even worse moments than what we're facing is that we are supposed to start with our faith or to overcome our fear with our faith because we truly know that our God is with us and for us and bigger than anything we will ever face. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Now, I want to take a quick moment, and, and um, you guys hear Nash over here? So, Callie, we want you to know that he can make all the noise he wants in here. We are so glad you're here. Um, so, as a church, what I want you guys to realize is we love that noise. We love that noise. So, whatever you need to do, Miss Callie, you do not feel like you, we're, you are causing us any problem whatsoever. We've been there before, sister. <laughs> all right. But just because God is calling us to start with our faith doesn't mean that we should become the kind of Christians that just go out and do whatever we want with no consideration of others, right? Just throw caution when, you know, God's with me, nothing's going to happen to me, so I'm going to just go out and do whatever I want. No, it also means, which is also a huge part of our faith, that we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? You guys know that that's foundational for Jesus, right? Love God with everything that you are, love your neighbor as yourself, is the first top two for Jesus. So that's what we should be doing. And what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself in the midst of a pandemic is pretty simple. Wash your hands a lot, right? Practice social distancing. And if you're not able to practice social distancing, especially if you're inside, wear a mask. Wear a mask. And I get it. Wearing a mask is not only inconvenient, it's also very, very annoying, especially for those of us who are young and don't have any underlying conditions. I get it. I totally and completely get it. I believe if I got this thing, nothing's really going to happen to me. I'm in pretty good shape. But what you need to keep in mind when it comes to loving your neighbor as yourself or when it comes to love in general is that love has never really been about what you want or what you think you need or what's best for you. No, love has always been about what's best for others. And whether you like it or not, what's best for those people who live with underlying conditions and those people who are over the age of 65, which, by the way, includes my newborn niece, right, who was just born, and my parents, who both have underlying conditions, the best thing for them is that they don't get this virus. And one of the ways that we can keep them from getting this virus is not only to wash our hands and socially distance, but it's to wear a mask when in close proximity to others. And I'm sorry if that makes you mad. That's, that's not my intention at all. I'm just sharing with you what I believe it looks like to live Christian living in the midst of a pandemic, knowing that if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, we don't really need to be wearing a mask, then all it's going to cost us is some time being annoyed because I got something on my face. Right? And four or five dollars, depending on how fancy you get with your mask. So, to bring all of that together, the way I believe that God is calling us to respond to this pandemic is with faithful caution. And simply put, faithful caution is nothing more than holding on to the truth that God is with us and for us and bigger than anything we will ever face. 
while loving our neighbor. While loving our neighbor. Very simple, very easy. This is how we do it. This is how we become a part of the solution and not make the problem even worse. What do you guys think? Faithful caution. Faithful caution. There you go. That's what we need to be living. Okay. So um, now that you guys get what faithful caution is all about, the, the last way that I believe that God is calling us to respond to this is, is not to become the kind of people that, that sit around and wait for this storm to pass. Um, I've heard quite a few people come to me and said, hey, after this thing's over, I'm going to, hey, after this thing's over, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of hunker down and all of that kind of stuff. Now, you need to stay safe. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I think God is calling us to do is not just to wait for the storm to pass, but it's to learn to dance in the rain. It's to learn to dance in the rain. Or in other words, to take this weird and strange hand that we have been dealt and do the best we can with what we've got. Do the best we can with what we've got. For example, just to kind of give you some perspective on what I mean by this. What we have done as a church since this, since this storm has hit is that instead of just seeking cover and waiting for this all to pass over and we'll, we'll like come out of our shell after it's all said and done, is we got to work trying to find new ways to minister to and keep our people connected. And the way we did that was not only by holding a drive-in Easter service on one of the coldest days of the year, mind you, uh, which was absolutely phenomenal, uh, at least for those of you sitting in your warm cars. Uh, but we also made a significant investment in new technology. So we could keep doing church well every Sunday morning wherever you happen to be. Which is still going on right now, connecting with all those people who are not here. And the result of this is that not only have we continue to minister to and keep our people connected in amazing ways, but we have been able as a church to reach far more people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ because of this technology. And all at a time when people really need to hear it. I mean, I know of people who watch religiously in Arizona weekly. I know of people who watch in Oklahoma. I know of people who watch all over Kansas. I know of church leaders who watch every single week to see what we're doing so they can copy what we're doing. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of Ravi Zacharias? Have you guys ever heard that name before? Was a big preacher and all that stuff nationwide. Uh, one of his staff members, he's passed away. One of his staff members watches religiously as well. She, she's a friend of uh, my mom and so caught on to that and has been back every single week. All right, so people are watching this from all over the place. And, and then what takes us to the next level is I get calls from churches, from, you know, Presbyterian churches to disciples churches. And, and because we're a, a smaller church doing this, the, the smaller churches call us, not the big churches, because they have all the bells and whistles. Like, how you guys do that? How you guys do that? Which in turn they're using and they reach out to their people, but are reaching out to more than this, just their people. So that's what you do, right? You take a situation that's not the best situation, it's not what you want, and you learn how to dance in the rain, and then you stand back and watch as God does absolutely amazing things with it. We would have never reached that many people. We'd have never ingrained ourselves in Great Bend without all of this stuff going on. You have no idea how many people I talk to have been like, oh yeah, I've seen you online, you're that guy online. It's like I'm on TV or something these days. Right? And it really helps people in their life. So that's how we dance in the rain. But the most amazing thing I've witnessed as a result of people learning to dance in the rain is that a lot of Christians aren't just sitting around doing nothing, right? Feeling sorry for themselves and all that kind of stuff. Now, if you need to stay in, you stay in. I'm not saying that. You stay in if you need to stay in. But even if that's the case, 
You need to learn something new. You need to think outside of the box. What is it that I can do to make a difference right here and right now? How can I learn to start dancing in the rain? And one of the amazing things that people are doing, which you guys have all seen, is we've got these frontline workers who day in and day out are going out and making a difference in the world, putting their life on the line, which is absolutely amazing. And we want to pray for them and we're grateful for that. But there's also people right here in this church who do the little things that's making a difference. Uh, We have people who make phone calls uh, to those who have been shut in. And if you don't think that's a big deal, if you've been sitting in your house and you haven't talked to someone in a couple of weeks and someone gives you a call to check on you, it's the most amazing thing ever. We also have people who are running to get groceries for others. And if you don't think that's a big deal, if you don't think that's world-changing, if you're supposed to stay at home and don't want to get out, then there's nothing better than that. And then we have some of these people who shouldn't be getting out, and what they're doing is they devote their time to prayer. They pray for Stephanie Fields. They're praying for National Innsburg. They're they're praying for our country. They're praying for all of this stuff going on. Or, Or what I want you to see is that as Christians, we're not just to let this storm pass so then we can get back to normal life. No, in the midst of this storm, we're being called to learn to dance in the rain. And if you'll learn to do this, you'll find that God will do even more than you thought was ever imaginable. Come on now. You're supposed to get excited about dancing in the rain. So I've got Garrett convinced, but none of the rest of you guys are convinced about this stuff. All right. So now that we've spent the last three weeks kind of wrestling with these difficult yet important questions... The, the way I believe that God is calling us to make sense of a world that has been invaded by a pandemic is, first of all, not to get caught up in, in trying to predict the end of the world or wondering about all that stuff, but instead it's to live ready. Secondly, it's to realize that God didn't cause this, but is dang sure, dang sure right here in the middle of all of this, doing what needs to be done to bring about resurrection or life from death. And then lastly, the way we're being called to respond to this is to devote ourselves to living faithful caution while learning to dance in the rain. Simple, easy, effective, and it's how we play our part in in being the people of the solution and not the people who cause the problems. Let us pray. Father, I come to you this morning, or we come to you this morning, and our our prayer is, is that you will continue to guide and direct us as your people in the midst of this pandemic. And the truth is, Lord, we, we needed to take some time to kind of wrestle with what's going on. We needed to talk about, you know, is this the end of the world? And where are you in all of this? But now that we've got that figured out, oh Lord, now that we understand that it's not our job to know when the end happens, but to devote ourselves to you. And now that we understand that, that you're not a God who has caused this, but instead is amongst us trying to bring life, help us to, to hold on to that every single day. And then respond to that as your hands and feet by living faithful caution or being the kind of people who, who truly do trust that our God is with us and for us and bigger than we will, anything we will ever face and then loving our neighbor as ourselves, and, and then also, Lord, in the midst of that, help us not to just be a people who sit around to wait for this thing to be over, but to learn to dance in the rain or, or to learn to do those things that we can do in the here and now to continue to make a difference in this world. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
you are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.